listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find my work at AstrosFuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future. I'm your other co-host, Kenny Van Doren. You can find me on Twitter at The Vandalorian. All right, today on the pod, me and Kenny are going to review the last week of minor league baseball and give our, uh, our stock up report and then also answer some trivia, but we'll get right into it. This is actually one of my favorite parts of the podcast. So, Kenny, I'm going to let you go first. Who's your stock up prospect in the Astros system right now? It was a long time coming. Uh, I think, you, you know, anyone that listens to us religiously or listened to us in the last, like since the season started, I've been high on Logan Cerny. I've been high on, high on him since the Astros traded for him when they gave Garrett Stubbs to the Phillies and in 38 ABs in June, he's uh, slashing to a OPS of 1,316. He's batting 421. He has four home runs. He's seven for seven on stolen base attempts is 19 RBI, which is higher than his combined RBI from April and May. He has six walks, eight strikeouts this month, and a 270 WRC plus in his last 12 games. Not to mention, he was the Carolina League Player of the Week and Jimmy's Astros Futures Future Play of the Week. Yeah, that, that's a, a great choice, man. He has been he has been crushing uh, last 22 no last 12 games. He's got 22 RBI, something like that. Just just really good to see. You know, the Astros got. Got him in that Garrett Stubbs straight, and he seemed kind of like a high upside guy. You go look at his numbers. He's, he had some uh, – his college numbers had some power, some speed, had some strikeout issues, but he's kind of put it together recently. And I think on the season he's got uh, 19 stolen bases now, 10 homers. So, I mean, heck, if, if, if he continues this way, especially in Nashville, I mean, we could be looking at a guy who hits 20 homers and maybe steals, you know, 30, 40 bases in the minors. So, uh, yeah, really good to see from him. And, you know, getting any kind of value from Stubbs is nice, but to get somebody with, with his upside is great. But I'll give you mine. We've been recently sticking with hitters. I'm going to go with pitchers on this one. Uh, Spencer Aragetti going to be my stock up prospect. Over his last three outings, he's walked three, struck out 26. Overall this year, he's got a 3.80 ERA. But as we've talked about before, and, and I had in my article, if you go look at his numbers as a starter, it's been been a lot better. He's third in the Astros system in strikeouts right, uh, right now, but he has less innings than Hunter Brown and, and Chase McDermott. Uh, overall, he's got 13.5 strikeouts per nine innings, which is the highest of any pitcher in the system of, with at least 20 innings. Really good season for him, 22 years old, not far from probably making his way to Corpus Christi where we get to really see him challenge, you know, in, in the Texas League. But, uh, man, he's been, he's been pitching the ball really well and uh, really excited for his future. Yeah, him and Chase McDermott, it's the two best strikeout pitchers, you know, in the lower end of the system. You get both of those guys in double A this year, two college guys from the 2021 draft. And like you you mentioned, they, you think of them as like the bash bros, but they're the strikeout bros yeah. of like the, of the latest draft picks from for the Astros. And it's just, it's, it's looking really good for them. And when we had Chase McDermott on the podcast last week, they talked about, they have kind of like a small rivalry brewing about who can have the most strikeouts and they're neck and neck each week depending on who's going to go. And I know you were kind of making that, that choice this week, if it was going to be Arigetti or Chase McDermott for the best pitcher. Yeah, you know, McDermott had a, a really good start early in the week, which we'll get to when we get down to Asheville, and then uh, struggled a little bit in his relief appearance. But that kind of goes back to what we talked about. We talked with him about starting versus relieving, and he talked about how much more comfortable he feels as a starter. Um, for what it's worth, though, Arigetti's appearance this month, uh, this week, he uh, had five scoreless innings with eight strikeouts. It was in relief, so he did pitch well in relief. But, uh, we'll jump down to the Space Cowboys. They're they're twenty four and thirty six. I know you were there all weekend. They did win the uh, three straight games. You got to put a note here against the best team in the PCL after being swept the first three games. They actually had a three game th- two three game series, which is odd for minor league baseball. But really, it was kind of led by some really really strong pitching performances. And Chad Donato uh, had a really good outing, struck out nine over five and a third innings. And then when they got home. The pitching really stood out. J.P. France was one guy who had a really good start. It seems like he's kind of starting to put some things together. Six innings, one run, struck out eight. It, it almost makes you wonder if he was working on something earlier in the season because it looked like he flashed a pretty good changeup, and, and you saw some visible uh, slaps into his glove. Like, you know, he, he knew he made a really good pitch. But over his last couple, uh, couple starts, he's been pitching a lot better. Yeah, Sunday start was phenomenal. First time through the order, just carved straight through it. 
uh, three innings, like at five strikeouts and eight swing and misses. I think he had 14, uh, he generated 14 swing and misses the whole, the whole day. Um, just overall, it was kind of a long bottom of the third, you know, might maybe kind of dragged out a little bit for him. And I know when pitchers have that long rest, you know, it's not always going to click. And like you said, he could have been working on something, you know, JP's really bounced back in the month of June. Uh, mm-hmm. He has two starts in June, 16 K's over 11.2 innings, almost two quality starts. Uh, his second start or his first start of the season, he only went five and two thirds, uh, just overall only four and runs and only one walk. Did one walk on Sunday, and that's only one walk this month. Things are clicking for JP France. He's 27 years old. You know, getting you know he's getting a lot. You know, he's older for a Triple A AAA prospect, a little bit older than what you'd expect. But you know, JP's looking to be some depth for the near future. Yeah, for sure. And, and another guy in Triple A, and we all know who this is. Who's pitching well? But Hunter Brown had another had another good outing where his ERA got even lower. It's down to 2.23. Uh, has 70 or sorry, 2.25 has 75, uh, 73 strikeouts, which leads the Astro system leads the PCL. We talked about it Sunday, hit 99.6 on the, on the radar gun. Uh, It's just been phenomenal, man. And and I know he overall, he's doing everything you want to see from, from a top notch starter. And it's only a matter of time before we get to see him in Houston. Yeah, those are the two best starters, you know, France and Brown, probably in triple A at the moment. Donato's getting better too. But they they both they went piggyback on Sunday, didn't use any relievers. The bullpen kind of unloaded the first two days. And those two guys, they ate it. Um, you know, we said France went six, uh, Brown got three. And like you said, in the ninth inning, he hadn't allowed a hit until the ninth. He had you know, one or two outs, uh, gave up a single, walked two batters, and you know, he got out of it. And I think the thing that's a little bit, you know, not concerning, but probably the one flaw in Hunter Brown's game is that, you know, that pitch count can rise uh, mm-hmm. once he gets the, the once he hits the or- the start of the order again. And he got up to 60 pitches in three innings. Probably not the best thing you like to see, but he's also a strikeout pitcher. You know, strikeout yeah. pitchers are going to throw a lot of pitches. Hunter Brown throws a lot. And it's even better, like, when he's, his velocity is jumping up to 99.6 miles per hour, like we said. I asked someone in the press box about it. They said they didn't know, but they knew he hadn't hit 100 yet. Like, one one zero zero all the way across. <laughs> And so it's, he's getting close though. It's getting yeah. close to that, to that threshold. Yeah. So another guy who I believe has actually hit a hundred this year, I think maybe I saw him at like a hundred point four. I have to go back and double check, but Sean Dubin. And uh, we want to talk about a couple things here. The number, the difference between his numbers as a starter and as a reliever are, are truly staggering as a starter. He's gone 12 innings and he's has a 13.14 ERA as a reliever. He's pitched 14 innings, struck out 23 has a 1.84 ERA. So I looked as a reliever, he hasn't even given up an extra base hit this season. And he's pitched in six relief appearances. I did note four of them were at home, two were on the road. And I know on the road, sometimes the BCL, you might end up you know, pitching in a hitter's park. But those numbers are pretty staggering. And, and given his age and, and given the depth that the Astros have, I think at, at the starting position, it, it kind of makes me wonder why the Astros just don't focus on him as a reliever and have him pitching, you know, one, maybe two innings max, kind of getting him ready for a major league bullpen. Especially with the, the surplus of starting pitching options in AAA, like we talked about a lot, you know, Brett Canine, Chad Donato, JP France, Jonathan Bermudez, you can go on and on with guys who can pitch. And there's possible bullpen games. There's a good amount of relievers down there. You know, they brought up Joe Record this past week, promoted him to AAA for the first time. And you want to see Sean Dubin, you know, be in this bullpen for the Astros next season. You want to see him as a long relief guy. He can give you two, three innings out of the bullpen and he can touch a hundred. He can do that in the majors. He's going to, he's going to do well. And you'd like to see more of that stuff. And, you know, like we see the the lineup change all the time. We see different pitchers come in different situations and that's a call from the front office. That's a call from development coaches because they want to see different situations. And I think we've seen enough that Dubin kind of struggles as a starter. Like you said, with you talked about the 13 ERA and I think the relief option is the best you're going to get for him. Yeah, and it, I mean, if a guy can be a dominant reliever, um, you know, and given the age that he is already, then then why not just this tunnel that? But um, I mean, they they know more than we do for sure. But ultimately, it, it appears Dubin's most success at the major league level is going to come in relief. But we'll get to the offense. JJ Matajevic is he started off the season hot and really really hasn't slowed down. You know, had a had a really good uh, weekend series, uh, hit and lead off. Put a note here that he was uh, seven for fourteen over the weekend, had two homers, one triple, three doubles. Really, really good start to the to the month of uh, month of June for him, but I think he's proven time and time again already this year that he, he's kind of ready for some consistent at bats at the major league level. Now it's just a matter of time of finding him. You know, where's he going to get those at bats at? But a uh, really good start to the, the season, really in general for uh, for JJ. Yeah, and you, you look at that the first month of the season. You know, in April he played so well, he forced his way onto the forty man 
roster. I uh, hit the injury or hit the injured list for like a week in May. And so, you know, he's finding his stride again. I think, like I said, he's hitting the leadoff spot, which is like just crazy for how much power and how much slug he has behind his bat. Right. He's the only, only like everyday player. I'm going to exclude Emmanuel Valdez because he was recently promoted, but he's the only player with a thousand OPS on the team. I think the second guy is Lewis Brinson at the moment, but just overall 10 total bases on Friday. It was the first time he's had double digit bases, two home runs, just He's just nasty. Like he just, he knows when he hits it too, he pimps it, flips his yeah. bat. I think he, he's ready. He wants consistent playing time. And I know when he was in the majors, he didn't really get that as a bench bat, just the depth. But I think JP, or sorry, I think JJ Matijevic is going to be a future first baseman for a team, maybe the Astros next year, but I think another major league team would want him too. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to tell you one thing that's kind of caught, caught me off guard. Do you know how many stolen bases he has this year? He's eight. Zero. He's eight. Eight? He's eight, eight for eight. Stolen bases, which is he doesn't kind of, have one this month, does he? Does he have uh, one in June? I'd have to go look, but but that that number kind of I mean, eight stolen bases in thirty eight games. I mean, choosing the spots right, I guess. But hey, if you could take a bag, you could take a bag. But another guy uh, I, I want to talk about it with the Space Cowboys, Corey Lee, had a homer, had an RBI double uh, over the weekend. He's kind of struggling to get it going a little bit. The strikeout numbers are a little high. He's got sixty strikeouts in 50, uh, 50 games. OPS is in the six hundreds, but he's got the the eleven doubles, the eight homers, and you know really. I mean, obviously, you want to see one of your top prospects, you know, crush the ball and have fantastic offensive numbers. But at the catcher position, if he's being, if he's good defensively, and he can provide a little bit with the bat, then you know, you can you can make a big league roster as a catcher. Hopefully, we'll see him start to start to turn things around, though. Yeah, and he definitely is turning the bat around. He had some insurance, hit an insurance run on Sunday. Uh, it was like a, a double off the wall, I think it was. But just overall, his bat's getting a little bit better. It's a kind of a slow increase on, you know, offensive production, but defensively he's been phenomenal. Uh, you know, he also has versatility compared to other catchers in the system. Mm-hmm. He can play for space. He's also played left field twice recently. You know, we saw right. him replace Brinson and he also took a start in left field or he, he brought, he just came in left field again, whatever it was, but just overall a defense is never going to be an issue for, for him at the moment, you know, just getting that consistent bat to where it was last season is his next step before he gets to the majors. Yeah, for sure. And, um, another guy that we were really excited to see this year, Pedro Leon, had a had a, uh, a a monster home run on Sunday. You know, off the bat of almost 110 miles per hour. Really, you look at his season numbers, and and they're pretty crazy. You know, the guy's got an 817 OPS, but he's hitting 222. He's got a 13.9 walk percentage, which is really good, but he's striking out 30 percent of the time. You know, he's got 15 doubles, nine homers, 15 stolen bases. Those are good numbers, but it. it there's like some really good about his game and then some, some stuff he's got to work on. And really it's probably cutting down the strikeouts and, and um, you know, maybe getting on base just a little bit more. I mean, the, the on-base percentage isn't bad at 359, but maybe you want to see it a little bit higher, especially with the guy at his speed. But you can see the talent the guy has when he hits home runs, but he gets all of it when he does. And, and he did that yesterday. Yeah, he definitely got all of it. I, I don't know if a lot of people know exactly what Constellation Field looks like. Or, you know, when you look at those big signs in left field, he hit it over those signs and just that ball just got out so fast. I didn't even have time to catch it. Like I was just, I was looking down, putting it into the system, looked up and the ball was just gone. Like I had no idea where it landed. Um, just, just great hitter, great power, you know, great arm. You know, like we said, he's been playing a little bit more second base recently and just trying to add that versatility to his game, mm-hmm. just increase his chances. And I don't know if you noticed this, Jimmy, but do you know where he hit in the lineup on Sunday when he hit that home run? Yeah, he hit ninth. He hit ninth behind Corey Lee. He was hitting eighth, which is just yeah. incredible to see. You know, I think that that lineup also has some really good hitters. And it, yeah. you had to have you had to have Jake Myers and Taylor Jones up at the top. You know, right. JJ Matajevich leading off, David Hensley, just guys who've been tearing the cover off the ball. Corey Jolks as well. Just this team is looking a lot better than it did to start the season. Yeah, and I, I like the I like what Pedro Leon can can bring as a uh, as a utility guy, right? If he could play all over the field and play at an above average, you know, uh, defensive level all over the field, but to be able to provide that kind of that kind of pop off the off the bench, but also the speed as well to be able to steal bases. So if the Astros decide to use him like that at some point, you know, kind of as a, as a utility guy to, to get his feet wet, then that may be a, a pretty good deal for him. And one other guy we'll talk about had a really good week. You know, he crushed the ball and in, double in A gets promoted and, you know, homers in his first two at-bats in triple A. Emmanuel Valdez uh, had a good week at 350 overall, had those two homers. Pretty crazy to see him homer in his first two at bats, but man, like we've been saying all year, the dude can freaking hit, and he's showing that right now in AAA. Yeah, and we were talking about how he was going to get promoted. Uh, you know, a little 
full secret. Like we, we probably knew uh, just a little <laughs> bit. I uh, knew some stuff about that. But, yeah. you know, looking at his slugging, he's slugging 800 since he's been promoted, you know, 351 on base percentage. You know, the sample size is so small to really look at that. But, right. you know, he's the slugging is amazing. You know, this guy moved up to another league and the first two series that he played weren't even um, like in PCL, like elevated parks, you know, he played in right. Oklahoma city and then in Sugarland. just overall, just having a great, great start to the, you know, his triple a debut of two homers, triple double guys, yeah, you know, he had one air in the field. I think it was at second or third base, but overall Valdez is going to fit well with this team. For sure. Uh, a couple guys rehabbing there, Jake Myers, Taylor Jones, Myers is four for 23, but he does only have four strikeouts. So he's, you know, making contact, just not falling. And Taylor Jones is five for 20 has that homer. So nice to see those guys kind of, get their feet wet in the rehab. I don't know what the plan is, how long they'll be rehabbing and then what the plan is from there. You know, does, does, uh, does Myers come up? Does someone like maybe Jose Siri, who's been struggling a little bit, get sent down? Um, I know Dusty loves to, loves to play, but I'd like to see Myers get another chance. Uh, but what's your take on, uh, on Jake and Taylor? I know you've actually got to see them in person a little bit recently. Yeah. The more, the more they play, the more they're going to have consistent, you know, outings in the field, uh, you know, Taylor Jones finally got to play some third base. A lot of people don't know that that's another position he can play besides left field at first. Uh, they're not playing full games every single day. Uh, they'll come out in the seventh or eighth inning, ninth inning. Jake Myers played a full games uh, Saturday. Taylor Jones came in after, or came out after the eighth, just overall that, you know, they're looking good. Uh, you know, you, you can't just look at his slash line for Jake Myers. You got to look at the contact he's making. He's had some hard outs, you know, line drive straight up the middle, like 99 miles per hour, straight into the glove of Domingo Tapia, just un unlucky at bats. You know, you see that every, you know, every system, but I think Jake Myers right. is, you know, he's the center fielder. I think that's his job to take. And, you know, I think Jose Siri has the best chance of being optioned back to AAA unless they trade one of them. I don't think they would trade him right away. But for Taylor Jones, there's no spot on the roster. You know, sadly, Taylor Jones had a great August last season. COVID, you know, hindered that. They signed Marlon Gonzalez, never had a chance to get back with the team. Um, right. But I think once it's, once the 20 days are up, I, it makes sense that they would go the full time. Taylor Jones is just going to get optioned back to AAA once his rehab is over. Yeah, but it, it's nice to definitely have that depth. Uh, we'll jump down to double-A. The Hooks had a, a little bit of a rough week, went two and four. But as always, there were some some pretty good offensive performances. Yiner Diaz had three home runs this week, which is uh, is pretty big for him. You know, he's, he's a guy who hits the ball. He's got a 319 batting average, 865 OPS. He knows how to hit, but him him kind of bringing in that power is really nice to see. And he actually has more home runs than Luke Berryhill right now, which I don't think many people probably would have predicted that at this point, you know, coming into the season. But uh, speaking of Berryhill, Man, that dude gets on base. He's hitting 268, but he's got a 411 on base percentage. Dude draws walks like crazy. Strikeouts are a little high, but the ability to get on base is uh, is still valued, and he's he's been doing that at a very high clip. And the more that they succeed this season, the more you'd like to see them by the end of the summer be in Sugarland. There's three catchers in Sugarland right now. You know, Lee's not moving. Uh, Cesar Salazar is having a you know pretty good week. Uh, he had like three singles in his Saturday game. Um, but you know, Scott Manaya is, you know, he's just struggling. Uh, it's not, nothing's, nothing's really clicking for him at first base either. He's playing a lot more first and catcher, but you know, when you look at this team, uh, Jimmy, do you expect Barry Hill or Diaz, even both of them to be in triple A by the end of the season? Just based on what you mentioned, it's, it's hard to, you know, imagine both getting promoted because there's a chance that, uh, you know, if it's Lee's there, right. Salazar and Manaya won't be there. I definitely think one of them will get promoted. And, you know, if you look at the OPS, I think Diaz is a little bit higher because he's hitting for, you know, a little bit more power, a little bit average, but you know, Barry Hill's giving you that on base percentage. But I don't see the reason of keeping them in, in double A the entire season if they continue to play well. And, you know, Diaz continues to hit at the clip he is. Um, so I could see at least one of them making it up to triple A at some point. Yeah, and I think that's it's just going to come down to that. You know, like last year, Colton Shaver was a catching option in AAA. He never, didn't mm -hmm. play a bunch of catcher, and that's kind of the situation Mane is in. You know, he's not succeeding at other positions. You know, he doesn't have the great agility at first base, but you need to right. get he needs to get his bat going if he wants to continue to play in the system. And I think by the end of the summer, you know, injuries are going to happen, promotions right. are going to happen. Lee make Lee may fall into the forty man roster at some point. You know, just to have that third catcher in case of injury. But overall, I think one I, – I would hope one or two of them get that chance to get in AAA, get their feet wet before, you know, possibly fighting for a roster spot next season. Yeah, I agree. And, and speaking of uh, speaking of really good on-base numbers, Wilger Abreu, he's hitting, hitting 240, but he's got a 418 on-base percentage, 57 walks in 54 games. So, I mean, more than a walk a game. He's got 13 doubles, nine homers. I think he's like a perfect 14 for 14 stolen bases, plays, plays center field. 
So really, really interesting prospect. You know, he's, he's, he's showing the walk tool. He's got a little bit of power. He's stealing bases, but the batting average is a little lower, but he's getting on base at a high clip. So he's going to be a guy that's going to be fun to continue to watch. And, you know, the, I think right now in double A, there's a couple outfielders that are, that are playing well that, you know, could push potentially for a promotion. Justin Dearden's another one. He's hitting 301, 906 OPS, had two homers this week, leads the system in doubles. I mean, you know, he's, he's a little bit older prospect, but he's a guy who's, who's handling double A well, you know, and triple A is going to come, you know, going to come calling for one of those guys, hopefully pretty soon. But then it's a matter of what do they do in triple A with the outfitters they got there, especially with, you know, with like a Myers rehabbing. And like you said, if Myers gets up and, and series option, uh, there's a lot of depth right there, but ultimately the, the hooks have two good outfielders in double A, but their games are completely different. You know, one's kind of an average and, and a power guy and then a Brayu's down there and just drawing a crazy amount of walks. But uh, what do you think about them, Kenny? Yeah, in Baseball America highlighted a Brayu like this past week. He's in, I think the double A outfield is just very underrated. Yeah, there's some older guys there. You know, we're going to talk about in a second, but Brewer was promoted. Another college guy. Um, up in Corpus Christi and just overall, it's just, they get on base a lot. Like even Ross Adolph, who's currently on the injured list. He's incredible. Like, I think it's over 500 on base percentage this season. Uh And it's a very normal sample size too. You know, he just went on the injured list about two weeks ago and just other guys on the team, like Wagner recently promoted just another guy with great on base skills and they're playing decent defense. Just guys that could really fill a void in the outfield for triple A at some point. That's kind of struggling with just OPS and just, batting average, just every just offensive category at, at a level and in a league that offensive categories are inflated. Yeah. And you, you mentioned Jordan Brewer, you know, recently promoted from, uh, from high, he, he went four for team, uh, four for 15 this week, had a double and RBI. And then uh, Will Wagner was two for 16, but he did draw three walks had two RBIs. So um, not a blazing hot start for them, but we did get to see them have a couple hits and drive in some runs. So we'll go to the pitching though. And the pitching has been, uh, it's been it's been difficult for for Corpus. They got Jimmy Endersby, who's kind of been like the ace of the staff this year. Two eight three uh, two eight three ERA had a really good outing early in the week. Went six innings, allowed one run, struck out five. I think he pitched was either was either yesterday or Saturday, and he went four innings, gave up four runs, but only one was earned. Uh, but another guy who man high upside, and we finally got to see him put it together. Jaime Melendez, five innings, no runs, five strikeouts, and. Uh, easily the best start of the season for him struck out or he's, he's now has 48 strikeouts in 36 innings. Uh, but really nice to see a guy like Melendez get it going. Yeah. Melendez's ERA has been North of seven for almost a month. Now a guy that, you know, coming into the year, like you said, Jimmy, we were, everyone was kind of excited for him. You know, what's the stuff he has, the skills, the upsides, just the intangibles, just, everything that was going into his arsenal too is, was just incredible just to think about as, you know, a, a possible pitching option in the near future, kind of a wild card and just nothing was clicking. And it's good to see those strikeout numbers rising. And just for Endersby, he's got a good fastball, got a good, got, he has some good breaking pitches. And even some of my, you know, one of my friends who's a Cubs fan, you know, he's, everyone's talking about, Oh, the Cubs going to make a trade with the Astros, you know, you know, get, mm-hmm. you know, get a catcher right there. And he's one that's always like, you know, I think Jimmy Endersby is a guy that I would love in the Cubs system. And he's just like, he's drawing eyes from other teams too, like other fan bases. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the Astros have that depth. You know, they got guys that are pitching well in AAA, and then you see a guy like Endersby who, as he continues to, to pitch better, I know the walk numbers are a little bit of an issue, but continues to pitch well, maybe AAA will come calling for him. But the, the, the Hook staff has just struggled. They've had a couple guys that seem to be getting it going a little bit. Julio Robania had a really good year last year in low A, high A, and he struggled in AA this year. But he had a really good outing in relief, struck out seven over four scoreless. And then Jose Bravo, he uh, allowed one run over six innings, struck out seven. His ERA doesn't look great, but his, his walks and strikeout numbers of per, uh, peripherals look a little bit better for him than than the actual ERA does at this point. Yeah, it recently came off the injured list. I, it, we sound like a broken record with you know how many pitching issues this team has faced, <laughs> even with with like promotions. You know, Joe Record who ate a lot of innings for the hooks for a while and then went up to triple a, you know, I think guys like chase McDermott, Spencer Getty, those are yep. two starting pitchers that you'd love to see, like you said, in double a, and I think the quicker it happens once they're ready is going to be behoove the franchise and the, the, the double a hooks. Yeah. See it, seeing a couple like, you know, high, uh, high, uh, upside arms, you know, that, that are college arms that are 22, 23 years old would be really nice to see with the hook. So, Hopefully they'll get an opportunity in Corpus here. We'll, we'll here in a second when we get to the tours. We'll talk about their numbers and, and and they're pretty good. But yeah, they're pretty much ready, and the hooks can definitely use the pitching. All right, and that's going to do it for segment one. In the next segment, we're going to look at the lower minors, and we'll get to that in just a moment. 
And continuing on here at the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor, drop us a review, leave us some stars. So we'll get to the high A tourists now. They're 22-34. They went 2-4 and four this week, but they've started to see some, some better performances. And we'll start with the bats. Colin Barber, he really, really looks like he's ready for double A. He's got a 969 OPS, probably some of the highest upside of anybody in the Astros system at, at the outfield position. But, man, he's really... He's really put it together over the last uh, month or two. And what's really encouraging to see is the strikeout numbers are, are, are good, too. He's not striking out a lot. He's drawn a decent amount of walks in for some power. I'm really excited, as we, what he's, uh, excited to see what he's going to do the rest of the season, but also if he gets that opportunity in double-A. I feel like we're going to we're gonna bring this up a few times when we're talking about the Taurus, but a lot of guys on the brink of double-A, a lot of guys that just probably need just one more step uh, just to push themselves onto the roster. We've talked about the holes in double-A, pitching staff, some of the outfield positions could – could, you know, could add another, another arm, another bat. And, you know, Colin Barber is just bouncing back from injury surgery very well, uh, piecing together a great, you know, great year, even though a lefty hitting in a lefty friendly ballpark in Asheville, he's, he's, like you said, strikeout numbers look good. Just all around having a really good season. Yeah. Another lefty outfitter doing well, Quincy Hamilton, since he uh, got promoted to high A in 16 games, he's hitting 344. He's only got the one homer, but he's got seven doubles. So overall this year, he's hitting 308 between uh, 52 games with uh, Fayetteville and Asheville. He's 24. He's an older prospect, uh, but the guy's showing he can hit, you know, and, and if he keeps this up, I don't know how long they'll leave him in Asheville, you know, given his age. Um, but, man, if he does this for another, you know, two, three, four weeks, I feel like he'd almost be ready just to go ahead and give him another challenge and go and put him up in double A. Yeah, late May we saw him promoted. Yeah, ended up winning or was named the Astros minor league player of the of the month for the, for May uh, overall, just looking great. Fifth round pick out of Wright state. Um, like we said, I think, you know, maybe adding another tool. I don't think he's big enough to play first base. He's never played first base in his, you know, his baseball career collegiately or in the professional uh, looking good in the outfield though. Speed looks great. Like we, you know, we said probably on the few other, few other podcasts, the stolen base numbers look good just all around. All the tools are flashing. Yeah, definitely. And they, they have some, some guys that are kind of flying under the radar, but uh, Nario Rodriguez, 22-year-old catcher, last year in low A, had some some decent numbers. He's been in the system a while, but this year he's kind of kind of put it all together. He's got a 920 OPS, eight homers and 23 RBIs in 38 games. He actually started the season really well, and then I think he got injured, missed a little bit of time. But just another kind of high upside catcher the Astros got uh, down low in their system. And you look at double A, we talk about, you know, Rodriguez could be a guy who's promoted this season. You know, Jose Alvarez, who's who's actually pitched this season. He's in double A, uh, the third catcher there. And I think the, the you know, each each divi- or, you know, each affiliate pushing up another player that could really boost these catchers up another level. And you look at J.C. Correa, another catcher, you know, who used to be a mainly a shortstop middle infielder, you know, hitting well. Yeah. Yeah. He's hitting 296 and um, he. You know, and we talked about it before. That's 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 the the thing with him. He's he's gonna hit. We just gotta find a place he's gonna play. And you know, the Astros are trying to make catcher. Uh, we'll see how that continues to work. And you know, we we even said it last week. I think is uh, offensively, he's probably ready for double A. But they want to they want to you know continue to get those uh, reps for him defensively. Uh, Michael Sandel had a good week this week. Hit three seventy five, two doubles, a homer, four RBIs. You know, and if you go look at his numbers, they're kind of kind of under the radar. But he's had really good numbers since he's since he was drafted last year. So. I don't know what his ultimate ceiling is going to be, but uh, but a good uh, a good week for him. Yeah, and I talk about Logan Cerny a lot. You know, he was the outfielder it, taken in the same round as Michael Sandel, and there's a lot of college outfielders in the system. Um, you know, a lot of them are playing well from the 2021 draft. They were, you know, Sandel was actually taking only a couple of picks after Cerny. I still, believe, you know, that's my theory that Cerny was a player the Astros are really interested in, and you know, yeah. to have both of them succeeding well in high A and low A, you know, it's it's a good look for the you know, for the team, you know, some other outfielders that they try to hit on from the, you know, um, from Tennessee, who's the, right. who's the guy from, who's Zach, the outfielder Daniels. From te- Zach Daniels, you know, not, not everything's clicking for Zach Daniels right. in his third, third, second or third year in the system. And just to see these, you know, college outfielders succeed, you know, it's a great stepping stone for what they could build with this uh, farm system in the future. Yeah. You know, you need that, that organizational depth and uh, we've, we've mentioned it before and, Maybe Hamilton is going to be like that. Uh, Lo Profito, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, you know, Jake Myers in the system a while and had some decent numbers, got it to AAA, and then really got it going offensively with the bat. It was phenomenal defensively, and, and we saw what he did last year. So, yeah, you never know where, where the, the breakout guy could come from. But we'll go to the pitching, though. The pitching has seen the, the two studs. You know, we talked about Chase McDermott, the, the, 
the Bash brothers on the strikeout side, but 74 strikeouts and 49 innings. Uh, he had a start, like I said, this week. He went six innings. He allowed one hit, one run, struck out 10. Uh, was just absolutely dominant in, in his one start. He did pitch in relief a, a little later in the uh, the week. I think he allowed three runs over two innings. But a really good start for him, 23 years old. I, I really don't know at this point what the Astros are waiting on, except for maybe just an, uh, you know a roster opportunity to get him that promotion. But I'm excited to see what he's going to do when he gets that opportunity in double-A. Yeah, we, we talked about, you know, Eric Getty, McDermott. When McDermott was on the podcast last week, you know, he talked about how guys like that, you know, they're going to pick up piggyback starts. You know, there's a, surf, a surplus of um, starting options on each of these teams. Well, not in double-A, but when you look at high A, right. you know, there's the guys there that could that can come in relief, do some long relief. And, you know, McDermott wants to be a starter, and the best place to be a starter next is in double-A. Yeah, and Eric Getty's right behind him. Um, I mean, their numbers are – pretty identical, honestly, between the, between strikeouts and innings pitch and the array and all that stuff. So really good to see those guys having success, but another guy that made his high A debut this week, Rhett Coba had, a had it made his high A debut, went six innings, allowed three runs. It was on three hits and two of the hits were homers. He, he had five innings, one run was rolling into the six. And then I think allowed a single and then a, a, a two run homer. So three on runs is, you know, it's a, still a quality start, but he pitched well. He was up to 95 at the fastball. And I feel like that's kind of a sleeper guy to watch as he makes his way through the system. It's really nice to see that the Astros already have him in high A after he was drafted last year. He's 22 years old. And, you know, maybe even he, maybe even he, uh, he'll get a chance to finish off the season a little bit higher than this. Yeah. And you talked to Koba last week when you were in uh, North Carolina. And it was just interesting because he was also promoted uh, last week on Monday with, with all like the other guys, Will Wagner, Emmanuel Valdez. Jordan Brewer all getting these promotions. He kind of flew under the radar. And when, when you talk to him, Jimmy, you know, you talked like you talked pretty high about him, just yeah. about like what he does for the fans and just the way he like, you know, the way he like portrays himself to people. And I'd like you to actually like talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So, I mean, super humble, you know, like I said, he was down there signing autographs for fans. Um, just he, he waited around that well after fireworks and, and uh, you know, signed autographs and then, the line was gone, right? There was nobody waiting. Well, he continued to wait, had his own Sharpie, waited for kids to come down, sign his autograph. Me and him had a, a, some good conversations about uh, about Fayetteville and Asheville and the draft process and everything. But uh, super down to earth, you know, it sound, uh, seems very appreciative of the, the opportunity that he has. And, you know, even when I joked to them about, yeah, well, all three of your outings have been really good this year. And he just, he kind of, you know, kind of sh uh, shrugged it off. But yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Nice to see that he was up to 95 in, in his high A debut. But I'm really excited to see what he continues to do the rest of the season. And that just looks like another good, you know, pitcher that the Astros got in that 2021 draft. And and we're seeing it with McDermott, with Arigetti, and now with Rhett Koba. Yeah, and you know, looking at another guy who's been you know excelling in high A recently is Jacob Coates. Like you, you've written here, 20 Ks over 13 innings pitched. And I'm actually going to go to something else from Tread Athletics who have it who was they were working with Jacob uh, before he was signed this past off season. He's sitting upper nineties. He actually hit 99.4 last week um, in high a uh, 35 Ks over 24.1 innings pitched and 185 ERA when this was written and he's uh, striking out the world, just upper eighties, low, low 90 slider, just everything's looking good for him. Um, and it's just so interesting to see him bounce or just progress that much. You know, I talked to him before the season started. He was telling me like he was barely touching 90 sometimes in college. Oh, wow. And now he's almost now he's neighboring 100 on his fastball. Yeah. Overall, Jacob Coates is just a steal of a sign. I, when I, you know, he told me that the Angels, the Astros are interested in him. The Astros scouts are like, we cannot let this guy go. This guy is such like such a high upside. So many things right. can go well for him. And the strikeout numbers are incredible. Yeah, I, I think I have a soft spot, you know, for uh, for guys who throw really, really hard and are relief pitchers only. And and Coates is one of those guys, you know, Sprinkle doesn't have the, the same kind of uh, stuff in terms of the high velocity, but just another high strikeout uh, reliever only. Uh, but really good to see that. And and like you said, you know, the, the Astros signed him um, and, and he's having success in the system. So I know he's uh, the ERA is a little bit higher in Asheville and the walks are a little bit of an issue, but he's striking guys out. And if he can get that under control, then, you know, he could be a reliever to watch, you know, for the future. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the relievers with, you know, high fastball velocities because you're probably the biggest Sean Dubin supporter in the world. And I think Jacob Coates could be your next Sean Dubin. He's not going to have like the, the three innings of relief, the four innings that he could stretch to, but uh, Jacob Coates is, has been phenomenal for, for not even being drafted. Yeah, definitely. And, I know this is going to be super random, but when you mentioned this slider and uh, talking about low nineties, it just, it brought up uh, something I was thinking of from a few weeks ago. Remember, 
Hunter Brown threw like a 95 mile an hour slider and it, and it read and, and it read on, you know, that we got the, all the, the, all the, the data in the PCL and it read, right. I mean, the, 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 the spin, the uh, horizontal and vertical movement was accurate. Do through like a 95, 95 or 96 mile an hour slider is insane. So anyway, just want to I remember, <laughs> I kind of remember that because I was texting you and I was like, you had the Savant page up for that yeah. game. And I was like, why did his fastball velocity oh, just yeah. drop three or four miles per hour? And like that wasn't a fastball. Yeah. And it was just it's incredible. Sick. Like it, it's just like the velocity some days can just be out of this world for Hunter Brown. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. We'll get to the woodpeckers. They uh, had a really good week. They got the best record in the system. They've been playing some really good baseball over the last probably month or two. Well, really after the first couple weeks of the season, but they're, uh, they went four and one, they're 27, 29 overall. They lead the Carolina league in homers. Uh, by a pretty wide margin, I think they got 59 on the season. The next best team has 46, and that's a that's a that's a pretty big big jump between number two and number one. I had that article about uh, Jose Puentes that I put out today. I know you did one on him last year, so good job by him having a lot of success down there in Low A with the Woodpeckers. But the the number one guy that comes to mind is Logan Cernian. I know you kind of covered him early when we talked about the stock up, but uh, just seeing what he's doing with the power, with the speed, and and then the OPS and he's really put it all together and he's, he's just putting together a, a really good season. And, you know, as we talk about the promotions and the guy needing the opportunities, you know, he seems like the next guy that's up besides Joey Loperfito, who I'll talk about in a second, but Cerny seems like the next guy in line for that promotion. Yeah. And I, I like to compare Cerny like defensively and like on the base pass of Miles straw, a very speedy center fielder, you know, plays defense very well. And just that power is just an extra, just a bonus. Like mm-hmm. one of the best bonuses that you could look in a guy like this, you know, you know, the skinny uh, outfielder and, you know, Chandler Rome did a piece on him uh, in minor league spring training about how the team wants to put a little bit more muscle on him. And he's looking good. And you talk about Jose Puentes, you know, Jose loves these guys. You see him on social media posting about it. Certainly one uh, player of the week in the Atlantic league. We talked about that a little bit earlier and I, Jose loves posting that stuff. And he posted it this morning, caught my eye and just even more reason to root for Cerny this week. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, maybe this maybe this says something. Maybe not. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. But I'm on Instagram and I see a story, and he he reshares every time somebody you know kind of shares his uh, player of the week thing. And there's a ton of of, of current players in the Astro system in low A and in uh, high A, maybe some in double A that are like you know giving a shout out to him for a good week. So and maybe just it kind of makes me think you know he's a he's a good dude. He gets along with people good in the clubhouse because a lot of people like him and they're sharing that. But uh, love to see them celebrate the successes of other guys. Another guy, though, who really, if it wasn't for Cerny, might have been the, the player of the week for the Astros uh, system and, and maybe would have been on that list as well. Joey Loperfito, man, we've, we've talked about him over and over. He's hitting 308 now, hit 478 this week with seven RBIs. One game he went five for six. He's probably more ready for a promotion than Cerny is at this point. And, and the guy just rakes. And I know me and you were texting a lot about it. Uh, he, he could play the outfield, but then there's that thought of, Man, if, if you can get a first baseman who's a, a really athletic, good first baseman, maybe doesn't hit for a ton of power, but but can steal some bases and hit, you know, 10, 15, 20 homers, but uh, gets on base at a good clip. Low, uh, Joey Loperfito may be that guy. Yeah, and we talked about trying to find a comp for him because that versatility is incredible just for what for what they drafted him for. Now he's a first baseman. He can play second, center field. And, you know, he's kind of like a right-handed Cody Bellinger in the sense that, you know, he has that kind of build to him. Right. He's a lanky guy. Uh, good, good stroke in the swing. Play center first. You know, Cody's not going to play second as a lefty. But overall, this you know, it's a good, it's a good looking frame and good looking like resume that he's putting together right now. And overall, that versatility is going to do wonders, and that's what's really going to get him up in the system. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm really excited for his future, and, and excited, really excited to see what he's going to do in a place like Asheville, which is a really nice hitter's park for lefties. Uh, but another guy I was talking about, Miguel Palma. He's kind of under the radar, 20 year old catcher. Um, I've heard really good things about his defense and he's slowly starting to put together some really good numbers. He's got a 700 OPS this year. He had a hit 500 over this past week. I think he played in three games. He was six for 12, good walk rates, good strike rates, uh, strikeout rates, uh, has a little bit of power. So that's a guy that I think, uh, Astros fans really need to keep an eye on as he continues to get older and, and progress in the system. Yeah. It's just overall, like there's a lot of, um, guys that are just falling under the radar, like you said, Miguel Palma. Right. You posted a few, I think he had a, a nice home run this past weekend. Just yep. getting those videos out about him is it's, it's just a good look. Yeah, definitely. And on the, the pitching side is where they really had a lot of success. There was a few guys that had some really good outings. I'll start with Alex Santos. Uh, he, he leads the team in strikeouts. He got 52 strikeouts in 42 innings. The ERA is a little bit higher, but it's been, it's been swayed by a couple bad outings. I think his, his last outing, 
he didn't pitch that bad, but he gave up a couple homers or a three-run homer or something like that. It just kind of inflated his ERA. But one guy, man, that I think re- people really need to get to know, Miguel Ulola, 20 years old. This week he had a, a pitch and relief, went four innings, struck out seven, 32 strikeouts in 21 innings. The guy, when I was in Fayetteville, I mean, he was throwing like 98, you know, consistently. Guy's got an electric arm, really good numbers right now uh, down for Fayetteville. Yeah, and the, those two strike, those are probably the two best strikeout pitchers, like consistently in mm-hmm. uh, single A. And just overall, I, I'm, 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 I would be very impressed with Alex Santos if he could stretch five innings. I've talked about that a couple times, but just yeah. seeing that, those, seeing that, uh, you know, better pitch efficiency in his outings, and just seeing right. extended stays. I think you know, extended stays in games. You know, getting up into the sixth inning, you know, maybe five and two thirds, five and a third. It's just going to do wonders for him, especially you know, a younger arm in the system. You drafted at high school. Yeah, definitely. And in uh, you mentioned he's twenty. He's twenty years old. It's his first or second year in full season. Last year he didn't pitch uh, a ton for Fayetteville. So really, there's no rush. I mean, the guy's extremely young. You know, next year he's twenty one. He could be in Double A. So no, no need to rush him. But they got another twenty year old starter, Edison Bautista. He's got a two nine seven ERA, forty nine strikeouts, thirty nine innings. Really good numbers from him. And then uh, Christian Mejias and, and Dalen Miley, uh, Miley both tossed uh, four scoreless innings this week. So really good performances by the pitching staff and. Uh, the Woodpeckers have really started to put everything together. All right, so we'll go ahead and get to the trivia. As always, Kenny, I know you got the, the complicating one, so I'm going to let you go first. I do have a really good one for you today, though, so I'm, I'm excited to ask you, but I'll let you go ahead and go first. Okay, um, so th- this one kind of took me a while to kind of filter through a lot of this. Uh, you know, no hitters in Major League Baseball, if they become very common. Uh, I think this season there's been two or three, but in the minor leagues they're not always as common. Uh, but, you know, around 2015 there were a lot. Uh, in minor league baseball, but I'm going to give you a few questions for this trivia Um, since 2015. So that's about six or seven seasons, not counting. There was no 2020 season. How many minor or how many no hitters have the Astros thrown in the minor leagues? Uh, God, man, that's tough. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say three. That's right. It actually is three. Um, So that includes uh, complex leagues in Arizona and Florida uh, along with the DSL, there are a lot of DSL no hitters. Um, really? Actually, it happens a lot. Like every time I look at it, it says DSL Dodgers, Astros, Rangers, just all these different teams pop up here. Um, but I'm trying to filter through this again to find it. Um, but there was one, in t- there was two in 2015. Um, the first one was uh, with the Tri City, was it Valley Cats at the time? Yep. Tri City yep. Valley Cats. Um, I only know one of these guys on here, but I, you probably know them a little bit better. I was only. 14 when this game happened, <laughs> but it, so there was three pitchers in this game. I'll give you the starter and I want to see okay. if you can name the other two just like off the top of your head. Like one of them is very well known. He's actually pitching in the majors right now, not for the Astros for another team. Yeah. So okay. the starter was Kevin McCona. Do you know him? Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, there were two relievers in this game. Joe Musgrove. Now. All right. So one of them, one of them made his debut last year. I don't know the other one. Okay, made his debut last year, and not with As the a, Astros. No, it was it was with the Astros. He's no longer with the team, though. He's with another major league team. All right, made his debut with the Astros last year. No longer with the team. Oh man, um, I really want to get this. I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the uh, trying to think of the Astros roster right now. So uh, he was added was to the he was added to the forty man roster last season. Um, ended up getting designated for assignment by the end of the year. Mm. Right-hander. He throws yeah. from two different arm slots, if that helps. Man, I feel like I got – oh, man. Gosh, dude, I don't know. Just tell me. Uh, Ralph Garza, Jr. Oh, damn, that's a, that's a good one. All right, so yeah. the, the, and the other guy. Other guy, uh, Zach Person. Okay, yep, he was uh, LSU. Here. Okay, yeah, so yeah. that's a good one. Uh, this one was actually earlier in the season. I kind of right. skimmed over it, but it was in May of 2015 – Double A Corpus Christi hooks. I'm not giving you any more hints other than there were two pitchers. Both Lance of them are not with the Astros anymore. Okay, I'll say Lance McCullers. I know he no. pitched in Corpus in 2015. Yeah. Uh, all right, so neither is with the Astros anymore. Yep. I don't think one, I. I think well, one is de- one is with another team right now, pitching very well. I don't think the other one is still in Major League Baseball, but he all he right. was in the majors with the Astros. The other one wasn't. Brett Oberholzer. 
No, but that's a good guess. That's a good guess, though. But no, that's, <laughs> it's not Brett Overholzer. But All right. I would say both of them are known as being relievers. Vince Velasquez. No. Darn it. Boy, this is tough. Uh, I, I, I didn't know this guy started games at one point. And he's no, so he's known as a reliever. Uh, he was an all star once. Michael Police. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, all star, huh? Yeah. One was in a trade that brought Mike Fires to uh, the Vader? Astros. Yep, he was the yeah. closer in this game. Yeah, yeah, he was a star. He actually was a starter in the Astros system for the while. Okay. A little bit of the piggyback stuff. All right, so Josh Hader. The other one. Oh, gosh. Uh, so he was an all star. He was an all star. Um, they had a really talented team, man. That was it. They had him. They had Vince Velasquez, Lance McCullers. Um, gosh, who else do they have on that squad? I just, I, I did a post, I, I think, or a, a tweet or something not that long ago, like highlighting how many awesome players, even the offense had a, a ton of freaking talent on it. Um, dang it. So not, not Velasquez. Mike fulton No. Dang it. All right. He was an all-star. I think the last thing he pitched for was Arizona before he got hurt. Ooh, Arizona. He, I can tell you his, his uh, Players Weekend <laughs> jersey to Snapdragon was his nickname Chris, on Players Chris Weekend. Chris Davinsky? Yep. Yeah. Devo Damn, started that a, game. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So I actually read, read this wrong. There were four. Since okay. uh, there was one in 2019, I missed it because it was under the, the DSL game. So these are both DSL games. I'm going to tell you the pitchers because it's going to take too long to guess them. It's like All to right. think back to where these guys were at the time. But in yeah. 2017, Jairo Solis and Jose okay. Alberto Rivera both nice. were in a combined no-hitter along with Freddie Medina. And it's just kind of interesting because of the two guys. One guy was on the 40-man roster, and then Jose Alberto Rivera was taken in the Rule 5 draft in 2020 or 2021. Yeah. Um, and then the, the 2019 one that the DSL Astros had, it was Ramey Beltre, Carlos Calderon, and Jaime Melendez. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like at the time, you wouldn't know those names, right? They're mm-hmm. just young guys pitching, but now you got Jaime Melendez in double A, you got Calderon, um, in low A, putting up some pretty good numbers. So, yeah, it's crazy to look yeah. back at that. All right, you ready? Yeah, okay, so. Mine's going to focus on the, the, the 2020 home and not, not the, the year, but 20 stolen bases, 20 homers. So last year, the Astros had two players that, that were, that went 2020 in the system. Uh, do you want to take a, do you want to take a stab at it? Yeah. So two players had 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Correct. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to think that they're both not like triple A guys at the time. Like one of them might've been higher. One might've been lower, but I think my first one would be Jake Myers. No, Jose Siri. Nope, and uh, Siri. I don't think had the homers. Myers would have got there if it wasn't for you know getting the call up. So okay, uh, I'll say one is an outfielder who who uh, who uh, finished in Double A last year, and then one is an infielder who finished in High A. Okay, and, so an and one of them got yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So go ahead. So we'll, I was, we'll was going to say note. one of them got hurt early this year, so he hadn't played it barely at all, and then the other one has kind of struggled this year in Double A. Okay, so I wouldn't think it's Joe Perez because he was an infielder that got from high A to double A. Um, right. I, I'm just thinking about some outfielders that were promoted last year, like Alex McKenna was in double A for a while. Yep. Corey Joel. It was Alex McKenna? No, no, but oh. it, there was somebody that was basically along the same path and ended up in double A as well. Who had I think a, Cor- who- Corey Jolks played all of double A. Uh, I don't think he was ever in high A last year. So it would have been an outfielder promoted from high A to double A. Yeah, that outfielder actually started the season in low A and then went to high A and then double A. A. Is he still in double A this year? He is, but he only played in one game and got hurt. Oh, um, I'm trying to think. All right. Because I know know there's three guys on the injured list. So, yeah. I I would know it if you said his name. That's my well, issue. Let me ask you: if if you walk around with no shoes, Bare, barefoot, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my uh, right. I have a really I have a friend that loves barefoot, Matthew Barefoot, because he used to watch him in the Cape Cod League. So there's oh, that nice. connection too. So. All right. So the other one is an infielder who's in Double A this year. He's struggling a little bit, uh, a little bit, but had a really good year last year. Kind of kind of surprised some people. He was uh, drafted in 2020 in that uh, that COVID draft. So, okay. So he's an infielder, got up yep. to high A last season. 
Got up to high. Um, yep. Let me think. Yeah, he finished with 23 homers, 30 stolen bases. Got to high last year. Emmanuel Valdez played in double A, right, last year? Uh, he did not. But, oh, no, you're right. He did. He did. But, yeah, he did. It's not, it's not Emmanuel Valdez. It is not. No. It's uh, a guy who's playing a lot of infield for the hooks right now. Maybe a shortstop. Um, maybe some second base. Greg Kessinger? Nope. Let me give it to you. I don't know. Yeah, just give it to me. Shay Wickham. Shay Wickham. Oh, yeah. All right. So as I was looking, Forgetty's in Double A though. I, yeah, I always, I, I, I just think of pictures of him with High A, yeah. Asheville stuff. So uh, obviously, there's no 2020 season. In 2019, the Astros had two players that went 2020. I know it, it's going to be hard to keep going back and, and trying to guess them, but I can give them to you if you just want me to. Just for the hell of it, I can just give them to you. There were two in 2019. There was two in 2019. Uh, Tucker, that's the only one I would T- guess. Yep, Tucker for sure. Tucker. He had 34 homers, 30 stolen bases. That was his second 2020 season. He also did an 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, the okay. other one though is 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 he was he was involved in the Zach Greinke trade. It's not Seth Beer, is it? Uh, nope. Josh Rojas. Josh Rojas. That's so good, I, yeah. I looked and going back, they didn't have they didn't have two in 2018. They didn't have two in 2017. They did have two in 2016. This one will be really hard to guess. I'm gonna one of them you probably won't get. The other one I'll give you a really good clue and you might get it. So one of them scored the winning run of Game Five of the World Series. Derek Fisher, he was actually yep. released by the Twins on Saturday. Oh wow, yeah, 21 yeah. homers, 28 stolen bases. The other guy, um, he's been bouncing around a little bit. He was in the Garrett Cole trade, outfielder. I think he, man, he might be uh, the he's with, o- he's with OKC right now. OKC, he's with, okay, there you go. OKC yeah. Dodgers, yeah. Um, Jason Martin. Yeah, he hit a home run off of Chad Donato. Um, I think it was Wednesday, and I tweeted the Astros lost the Garrett Cole trade. <laughs> yeah, so well, that was that was good trivia from the both of us. So, you got yeah. anything else you want to anything else you want to add, Kenny? Uh, nothing this week. Um, I you know Monday's a big promotion day. I'd like to see Loperfito get up to high A at some point. Maybe I don't think Logan Cerny is there just yet, but yeah, um, maybe we'll see some guys move up. The only uh, the only promotion or do demotion reassignment that we saw on Monday was AJ Lee is back in high A, uh, no longer with Sugarland. Uh, didn't get a plate appearance. Didn't even get a chance to play the field. Yeah, he's just bouncing around covering all the fields. But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros in the minor league system.